Welcome, everyone, to Hidden Headlines. I'm Brian Sussman. BrianSussman.com is the website. On Facebook, Brian Sussman Show. Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. Are you a recycler? This is a story that came to my attention earlier this week. Here in California, where I'm podcasting from, we are religious about recycling. I mean, there is so much pressure placed upon someone if they don't recycle. Seriously. Uh, I'll never forget the situation. Not too many years ago, I was outside of 7-Eleven. I had just made a purchase. I believe I was drinking a canned beverage, or maybe it was a bottled beverage, a Gatorade, a soda. I don't know what it was, but I remember I was drinking a beverage, and I had finished my beverage, and I was just about to throw out that can or bottle. Somebody came out of the 7-Eleven. It was a woman who was walking to her car. She saw me and she offered me something from the store that she had just stolen. I can't remember if it was a bag of chips, a popsicle. I don't know what it was, but she had just stolen something. And the way she stole it was she was not charged for it. She was at the checkout and she realized that the guy at the checkout didn't charge her for this second item she was buying. Again, chips, box of cookies. I can't remember what it was, but she was bragging about the fact that she got this for free. And essentially as a good deed, she was going to give me that free thing. And she came up and said, Hey, this guy didn't ring this particular thing up. You want it? And I said, no. And as I said, no, I began to throw my can or bottle into the trash. There was no recycling bin that I recall. I just remember a trash can. And she said, what are you doing with that bottle? You're throwing it in the trash. Aren't you going to recycle it? And I said, no. And she said, you evil bastard. And I was, I was, and she was serious. I was shocked. I was shocked. And I'm thinking, I'm the evil bastard. You just didn't pay for an item. And I'm the evil bastard because I didn't throw this away. But that's how people are in this state in many cases. They, they, have, they have grown up having it drilled into their brain that you have to recycle. Now, listen, I'm all for a clean environment, but I'm not for stupidity. What's going on with recycling? I, this story came to my attention because in California, recycling centers are closing. Recycling centers in California, this again is ground zero for the recycling movement. We've been recycling here. Gosh, we passed a bill. Our legislature passed a bill in 86, I believe. It was called the Bottle Bill, which um, put a price on bottles. You know, just plastic water bottles, glass bottles, put a price on the bottles of all sorts. Uh, so in other words, if you were to take that bottle and throw it out, you would be missing out on a nickel or a dime or whatever it was. And you could take the bottles to redemption centers and you would be able to, or take the bottle right up to the, uh, the, the store, the Safeway or whatever store you might have purchased uh, the drink from and they'd, they'd redeem it on the spot. Or you could put it in the recycle bin at home and let somebody else haul it away. So the first thing that bothered me about recycling was I thought, I'm filling up this blue bin at my house with all these recyclables, which the trash company is collecting, and then they're selling. And I have to pay for this. I'm paying for this recycling service. <laughs> they're taking all my recyclables and cashing them in. 
That's the first thing I thought was stupid. But the other thing that just dawned on me over time was, okay, where, where are all these recyclable materials going? Who needs these things? What, what's happening? Well, I soon learned over time that these recyclables were being sent primarily to China. You see, we could recycle them here and turn the plastic into cheap plastic shoes or cheap plastic toys or whatever. And we could take the newspaper and recycle it here and turn it into, you know, newspaper that could be or paper that could be used all over again. And the same thing with the cans. We could make new aluminum cans from we could do it here, but it's costly and it also creates a lot of pollution. Recycling is a very intensive process and it creates a lot of pollution. So we're recycling in the name of stopping pollution, but what everybody forgets is recycling creates pollution. So there's that. But where was all this stuff being sent? It was being sent to China. Well, my gosh, you practically have slave labor in China. You've got young kids picking through the recyclables, separating all the stuff that we didn't separate on this end. And by the way, that's a big deal. That is a real big deal. Uh, we have here in the San Francisco area a company called Recology. And Recology, by the way, is closing down its recycling centers left, right, and center. About 20% have closed down. More to come. But Recology, uh, they actually have these multi-million dollar sorters. So all the stuff that we put in those blue bins and is taken to the recycling center... Uh, their machines are able to somewhat sort out. There are humans along the conveyor belts watching things because every once in a while you'll have like, oh, there's a plastic laundry basket going down the chute. It's about to jam up this particular machine. Get it out now. Whoops, that looks like a pizza box and it's all stained. Can't go in. Pick it out now. Oh my gosh, this yogurt container, that won't work. Get it, get rid of it. The machine missed it. Do you see what I just did in this in this brief description of what's going on at the recycling center locally where they have these sorters? There's all this stuff that we put in the recycling that doesn't belong in the recycling. In fact, I was reading a statistic from a group called California Watchdog here in the heart of the recycling movement, California. 40% of what we put in these bins is not even recyclable. 40%. Well, as I mentioned, it's the pizza boxes. Nope, can't do that. They're staying. They're greasy. It's the milk carton. Nope, not going to work. Uh, it's the yogurt container. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh It's, um, it's the, 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 the coat hanger. Yeah, I know it's made out of metal, but that doesn't work. Sorry about that. Mm-mm, does not work. No, you can't put a mirror in the, uh, the recycling for the glass and on and on and on. So about 40%. But, but what's happening here? I mean, California um, is seeing all of these recycling centers close because our neighbors, our neighbors in this recycling chain, the Chinese, don't want our stuff anymore. China doesn't want it. Why doesn't China want it? Because they've got enough already. They have enough of the hard plastics. They've got enough of the paper. They, they don't need it. But on top of that, China's realizing it's getting more expensive to do this. And 
it causes great pollution, and the Chinese are sick of pollution. For those of you who have traveled, have you ever been to a major Chinese city on a calm day? You know, when, when winds are calm and uh, there's a lot of pollution in the sky. My gosh, Beijing, you can't see. Some of the big cities in China, you cannot see. The sky is so smoggy. The Chinese have literally, in, in recent years, started to cloud seed. They're able to sow chemicals into the sky to create a rainstorm, to wash the pollution out of the sky. This is really happening. So in California, the recycling centers are closing down. And quite frankly, there are other cities all over the United States where this same thing is occurring. You know, the, the recycling industry, it's, it's a multi-billion. I mean, it's a $200 billion industry worldwide. And of course, one country that used to be the biggest importer of recycled materials uh, is China. But now they have stopped accepting most foreign recyclables because of, as I just mentioned, pollution. So as a result of this ban, the global recycling system, this chain, is, is crumbling. And pl plenty of cities in the United States are struggling now to figure out what in the heck do we do with these recycled materials. It's, it's amazing because we're talking, University of Georgia estimates that China's ban on imported recyclables are going to leave 111 million metric tons of trash from around the world with nowhere to go in the next 10 years. I mean, this is a serious problem. And some of you are probably thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Well, can I just say, don't freak out. Don't freak out. Do not freak out. Because... We can put all this stuff in landfills and we can save a lot of money with landfills. Now, some listening might think this guy's a kook. Are you kidding me? Landfills? What? I'm thinking of here in the Bay Area. I mentioned this on my radio program on KSFO recently. <laughs> I said, OK, uh, let's talk landfills, everybody. We have a beautiful uh, amphitheater. It's called the Shoreline Amphitheater. All the all the big band, you, you name the band that you love, doesn't matter if it's rock and roll, country, whatever. They've played at the Shoreline Amphitheater. The Shoreline Amphitheater also has a golf course next to it. Um, all built on landfill. All of it. It's all built on landfill. It was a dump. It was a garbage dump. Some of the nicest golf courses around the country are built on former landfill. You have beautiful parks, public parks with walking trails and running trails and big lawns and all built on landfill. Now, are we running out of landfill space? Um, no. In the 80s, the EPA put out uh, a publication. I remember this pretty well because I was in television in the mid-80s. And it was entitled The Solid Waste Dilemma, Agenda for Action. So you had some bureaucrat at the EPA proclaiming that recycling is absolutely vital because America is running out of landfill space. Well, it's true, there were fewer landfill sites than ever before, but the landfill sites that were coming online were bigger than ever. So if you just looked at the raw number of landfill, you'd say, oh my gosh, we got a problem. But in fact, there was no problem because the landfill sites were getting much, much larger. So today, today, let's bring you up to speed. We have 1,654 landfills in 48 states. 
those landfills take care of over half of all the solid waste in the country. A third of them are privately owned. Landfills are no longer, my friends, a threat to the environment or the public health system. Back in the day, yeah, they were probably filthy, ugly, horrible, rat-infested, pigeon-infested, seagull-infested, wherever you happen to be. But now they're state-of-the-art. The county that I live in, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, the best-run part of the county is it's just the dump. The rest of the county is just a bureaucratic nightmare. The dump is unbelievable. It is state-of-the-art. And they have clay and plastic liners and leachate collection systems. And they've got, uh, you know, all of this, the dumps are not safe. The dumps are not unsafe. And we're not running out of landfill space. More of these are coming online all the time. Here's the statistic. If there's nothing else you else you come away with in this brief podcast, I hope you'll enjoy this. If we were to look at how much landfill space we would need for the next hundred years, just based on our current population and current population projections, landfill space for the next hundred years, we could have one space. Pick pick your state. Uh, listen, I've driven through Nevada and nothing but desert, 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 desert. No people, no people, no people, no people. I don't even see any wildlife. Maybe maybe Nevada is the location. Or maybe it's Utah. Or Pick your state. Pick your state. You would need to keep all of our land, to all of our, all of our stuff, all of our throw, throwaways, including what would otherwise be recycled for the next hundred years. It would be a space that's 250 feet high or deep, as the case may be, and then 10 miles on each side. Now, that is a big space, but that could handle every bit of trash that we generate here in the United States for the next 100 years. And when it's all said and done, guess what? Because methane gas is produced in these landfills, it is underneath the ground as things are decomposing, methane gas is produced. You can use that methane gas to generate electricity. So with the proper technology, these landfill sites can generate electricity. And on top of that, they can also provide for, you know, one heck of a golf course or public park or whatever you may want to do with it. So that's what's going on with the landfill. I I tell you what, as we start to see more of this taking place, um, I I am not concerned. My life is not bummed out. Uh, if we can recycle and we can do so wisely and cost effectively and 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 in a clean manner, I'm all for it. Uh, certain things will always be able to be recycled in that manner, particularly glass. But when you get into the plastics and even the paper, okay. Let's do it safely. Let's do it cost-effectively. I don't like shipping all this stuff over to China. If we can do it here in the United States, let's do it. But in the meantime, for what we're not able to recycle, landfills are a great option. The other part of the equation is, why do people recycle? Do people recycle only when they're forced to? I mean, if all we knew about recycling was what we heard from environmental groups, then... Recycling would seem to be the greatest, I mean, gosh, it's 
better than religion. Oh, yeah, save your soul, recycle. But when we add in the costs on a weekly basis of sorting through your blue bin before it goes on that conveyor belt to the separator, and when we talk about the cost of that separator as well as the cost of transportation to the transfer station and then eventually on to China, um, how cost-effective really is this? If we weren't being forced to recycle, would we really do it? Now, private recycling, quite frankly, is, I'm guessing, the, the world's second or third oldest profession. Of course, we're told the world's oldest profession is um, prostitution. Maybe. I contend that the world's second oldest profession is probably insurance. <laughs> True. But uh, maybe recycling is right up there. It probably is. Think about this. People would go to the garbage dumps back in the day to see what people were throwing out, especially people that were doing better than the rest. So recyclers back in the day, what were they called? Scavengers. We've all been in a scavenger hunt. That's where the word comes from. You know, everything of value has always been recycled. Sure, of course it has. Um, I'm looking at uh, the, the paneling in my garage. It's all reclaimed barn wood. That's recycled. That's right. I've got paneling in my garage. Well, it's, it's the cave for my really cool car, which is also recycled because I bought it from somebody who was done with it. As I see it, recycling is a long-practiced, productive, essential element over the overall market economic system. So when, we, when we're not forced to do something, uh, we end up doing it very well on our own. For example, voluntary recycling conserves resources and does not involve tax money and raises one's personal wealth, enabling us to achieve valued ends that would otherwise be impossible in some cases. So yes, people do recycle even when they're not forced to. But forcing people to recycle, see, I think there's a big difference here because forcing people to recycle, well, how do I build this podcast? Faith, family, freedom. This is the freedom part. Forcing people to recycle makes society worse off because forced recycling, mandated recycling, it exists primarily because there's plenty of money to be made by labeling the products as green or recycled. Why? Because if it's green, if it's recycled, you can get a city grant. You can get a grant from the county. You can get a grant from the state in order to reprocess it, or maybe even the federal government. And there is lies the problem. This stuff is costly, too costly, and at the end of the day, in many cases, unnecessary. So, as the recycling centers close, don't freak out. To your friend who's all about recycling, allow them to realize it can go in the landfill. And overall, that landfill is going to be a place of recycling of its own on the longer scale. We'll be able to get from that recycled land methane gas, which can provide us with electricity. And by the way, methane gas is a rather a clean form of natural gas. And we can also convert that landfill someday to a wonderful park golf course, amphitheater, etc. Brian Sussman trying to make sense of it all on Hidden Headlines. <laughs>
Faith, Family, Freedom. Thanks for joining me again, BrianSussman.com for more on Facebook, Brian Sussman Show, Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. God bless you, my friends. Signing off, Brian Sussman.